Bible reading can be found on page 1093 of the Pew Bibles and on page 1740 of the large print Bibles. It's taken from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 1. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, the disciples were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Richard. Well, what I want to do, I don't want to speak for too long this morning. Um, I actually want to give us time to do a bit more praying and a bit more waiting uh, on the Holy Spirit as, you know, this week of prayer comes to a close today, Pentecost Sunday. I do want to just make a few reflections on Pentecost and what that is about. And I want to start the question, really. Uh, Why not turn to the person next to you or near you and define what Pentecost is? Yeah? What is Pentecost? If you're not sure, just say, oh, I don't really know. Maybe we could make something up. Okay. Do we have any thoughts from the floor? Why not? What is Pentecost? What's it about? Any thoughts from the floor? The day the church was born. Heaven touching earth. There's a song in there, isn't there? Heaven touching earth. Any other songs? Sorry, Josh. Don't don't look so annoyed. It's fine. Daisy said, was it when Jesus rode in on a donkey? Daisy will have a chat afterwards. Bless her. It means 50, doesn't it? It's 50 days. 50 days. Pentecost is 50, 50 days. 
<laughs> Any, anything else? Is that it? Feast of Harvest. Feast of harvest. One more, one more. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit. So um, I think it's fair to say that actually Pentecost is a strange word. You've alluded to some really good things there. And uh, I want to briefly just remind us what this is about, if I can. So I think Pentecost, if you walk down the high street uh, uh, after this morning and say to someone, what what does Pentecost mean? I think it's fair to say most people uh, have no idea. Or you said, I've just been at my church, it's Pentecost Sunday, isn't that fantastic? Um, You know, most people would have very little idea, uh, uh, like Daisy. Um, And I, 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 I think... I think the other thing to say is even within the church, there's confusion around what Pentecost is. And um, actually, you've, you've done really well this morning, but I think sometimes we can think Pentecost is about Pentecostalism. And it's all about maybe, um, you know, the spirit coming and people being slain and speaking in tongues and, you know, it's all wild. And so what I want to do this morning before we actually have some opportunity to pray, to wait, to pray and wait on the spirit is just to give a few pointers around, <laughs> without falling over, uh, what, the, what the Holy Spirit is. And the first thing I want to say is actually, um, who said Pentecost was an agricultural sort of festival? Anyone? Yes, you can give yourself a big prize. Pentecost was actually all to do with farming originally. And what used to happen is farmers uh, in the first century, uh, in the first century, what they would do is they would, um, when the wheat, their crop of wheat started to, to grow, they'd take the first sheaf of wheat uh, to the temple on the feast of Pentecost and actually thank God for the harvest. And uh, they were praying really, um, the, the implication was, here's, here's the first sheath of wheat, uh, thank you God, and we hope the rest of the harvest will go well. So that's the first thing. Pentecost is, is about farming, it was an ag- agricultural festival. Secondly, Pentecost was all about remembering uh, the Jewish people's story, and to- Toby, I nearly called you Tony, Toby basically talked about uh, 50 and 50 days. Now, what happened is that um, Jewish people had a number of festivals to retell the story of what God had done, these amazing events that God had done. And uh, Passover and Pentecost were some of the two main festivals. And actually, you know the story roughly of the people of Israel. They were in slavery in Egypt and God delivered them. And the story uh, of Exodus from Egypt, when God fulfilled his promise to Abraham by rescuing his people, uh, actually the, the Jewish people kept telling And uh, Passover was the time when the lambs were sacrificed and the Israelites were saved from the avenging angel who saw the firstborn, who slew the firstborn of the Egyptians. And uh, that night, the uh, Israelites left and passed through the Red Sea into the Sinai Desert. So you know that story, that's Passover. And then, so they're journeying through the desert. 50 days later, they come to Mount Sinai. And uh, this is where Moses received the law. You'll remember Moses goes up the mountain comes down uh, with the law. And this is um, f- 50 days after Passover. 
So yes, it's an agricultural festival, but also Pentecost links in with Passover, the other Jewish festivals, which celebrate and delight in uh, what God has done in delivering them. And actually, uh, Pentecost is not just about farming and festivals, it's also about empowering. Because at that point in the people of God's history, uh, how are they going to live the life that God wanted them to live, having left Egypt? At that point in God's history, they would do that through obeying the law. Moses went up the mountain, he came down with the law, and this is how they could live this life uh, that God wanted them to live uh, in this new land they found themselves in. So... Pentecost is about farming, it's about festivals, it's also about empowering, and uh, Pentecost actually picks up on this theme of empowering, because uh, as you know, we've just uh, studied or we just celebrated Ascension Day last week, the day when Jesus is taken from earth up to heaven, and whereas Moses goes uh, up and comes down with the law, Jesus effectively goes up to heaven and what does he come down with or send? He sends his Holy Spirit. And so the people uh, in the time of Jesus are no longer being empowered by the law. They're actually being empowered by the Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts when we come to faith and actually enables us to live the life that God wants us to live. So farming, festivals, empowering. And uh, actually it's also about uh, mission. Because what happens, as we just heard on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit comes, uh, fire, wind, speaking in tongues, Peter stands up, many, many people come to faith. And uh, actually, this hooks in with the new harvest that God wants to bring. Uh, It's a harvest of people, not just wheat. And actually, God is wanting to change people's lives around the world and the apostles, the disciples, are called to bring in that harvest. The the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So that's a brief history of the journey uh, into Pentecost and what we're celebrating today. But I want to suggest, I suggested to the nine o'clock service, for all of that, Pentecost is actually uh, about you and me. Uh, It's about uh, you and me today. So we look back, we remember what God has done. Yes, we remember the story. Yes. But actually, Pentecost Sunday is always about today. And uh, really, what we're invited to remember on the day of Pentecost is God's invitation for us to be people of the Spirit who stand in the wind of the Spirit. That's what this is about today. Are we people of the Spirit who are seeking the things of the Spirit and want to actually live the life that God wants us to live and let the wind of the Spirit, if you like, sweep through our lives, our hearts, our imaginations, our speech and actually let the Spirit of God transform us and enable us and empower us to live the life that God wants us to live. We have an exciting vision here. What's the vision? Josh is, Josh is actually uh, asleep. Um, what's the vision? Love God, love people, make a difference. And we've got all sorts of stuff we're doing. If you're at the, uh, uh, the APCM, the annual church party, where we celebrate the vision, uh, basically, um, we've got some really exciting things uh, that we're going for here. But actually, if they're to happen, we need to be people of the Spirit. And you see that in that very concise and brief Uh, overview I've just given.
So I'm asking you this morning, are you someone who is standing in the wind of the Spirit, in the wind of God? Are you someone who is seeking the things of the Spirit? Are you someone who's uh, excited by uh, the Holy Spirit? And uh, this is a personal thing, if you like, isn't it? On this Pentecost Sunday, we ask this personally. And uh, I don't know how you respond to that. I don't know whether you think, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit, that's a bit sort of weird, or you're thinking, bring it on, or bring him on. Um, But actually, it's an invitation to all churches as well to actually stand in the wind of the Spirit, to let God really do what he wants to do. So it's an individual thing, but it's also a corporate church thing uh, today. And we need to be careful with our faith and our spirituality that we don't just have it all about in, in me and God, me and this, me and that, me and that, me and that. Actually, it's about us and God and our community and God as well, both those dimensions. So what I want to do very briefly is draw this kind of turning now to land very briefly by saying, how can we be people who stand in the wind of the Spirit, who seek the things of the Spirit? And the first thing I want to suggest is that uh, you need to be someone who regularly asks God's Spirit to fill you. Um, Because actually, um, we are actually called to keep in step with the Spirit, the Apostle Paul writes, to live by the Spirit. And so giving you the basics that you know already. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God comes and lives inside you. Now just think about that. It's quite amazing if you think about that. I don't know, I, I, I don't know whether I, I feel, uh, you know, I'm just Mike Norris, I'm trying to do life well, I do my best, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do my boys okay and do this, but I've actually got God himself living inside me. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, Paul says. So that's amazing. When you come to the faith, you have the Spirit of God living inside you. And actually, we're encouraged to keep being filled with the Spirit and to keep seeking the Spirit. Paul uh, writes that to the Ephesian church. He says, go on being filled with the Spirit. And the tense he uses is a present continuous tense. Go on being filled and 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 filled with the Spirit. So I'm encouraging you, I'm encouraging myself, uh, if we want to be people who uh, are open to the Spirit and pursue the Spirit, we need to be people who keep asking the Spirit to fill us. That's the first thing. Are you doing that? Am I doing that? Secondly, we need to be people who just let God do what he wants to do with us. And, uh, you know, there's this sense of the Spirit blowing where... Uh, ever God wants to go, he'll go. Whatever God wants to do, he'll do. And we need to be people who just say, okay, God, yes. We are just going to let you be God and do what you want to do. And uh, we're not going to try and control you. We're not going to try and cons- constrain you. We're not going to second guess you. We're not going to keep you at arm's length or, or say, God, work in this way and this is what it is for me to be filled with the Spirit. We're just going to let the wind blow and uh, do what God wants to do in our lives. And sometimes, I don't know your experience of being uh, filled with the Spirit, sometimes it's like a hurricane and, or, or, or strong gusts, and other times uh, it's barely discernible, the work of the Spirit. But the Spirit of God is always working. And we can make the, the mistake of thinking, I don't want the hurricane or the gale, or that's just not for me, or... Or also we can think, oh, when the things are just quiet, nothing's happening, or, or this isn't as good as that, or 
this is better than that. But actually, we, we don't worry about other people. We don't worry about what other people are experiencing. We just say yes to what God is doing in our lives today. And I have to say, in my own life, I've experienced the hurricane. I have been very powerfully and tangibly affected by the Spirit at times. And at other times, um, I, I just sense God's presence, but it's all very quiet. I'm not really bothered by, by either thing. I, I just like to be filled with the Spirit and keep to be seeking, to the, seeking the Spirit and just letting God do what he's doing. So are you A, seeking God and praying that the Spirit will fill you? And B, are you just, have you let go and just said, God, up to you? I'm, I'm just going to go your way. I'm going to do whatever you, I'm going to do whatever you're up for. Whatever you're doing in my life, I'm saying yes to it. Uh, this is important uh, that we remember this on Pentecost Sunday. Now, this is also really, really weird. We've just read the account of the Spirit coming on the day of Pentecost. Extraordinary power. Tongues, speaking in tongues, fire, different languages, mass conversions. What's really, really weird is that you and I can actually stop the work of the Spirit if we want to. And so thirdly, I'm suggesting that we're people who, who seek to fan into flame the work of the Spirit and not quench the things of the Spirit. We mustn't be people who quench the work of the Spirit personally in our own lives, but also corporately in our church life. And uh, one of the weird things is, is that you can put out the Spirit's fire if you want to. I, I, I have got a fire pit in our garden, and I often light these big fires. And I don't know what you're like. Do you ever, are you kind of like the fire's lit, let's just leave it overnight, it'll burn out, let's not worry about it? Yeah, hands up if you like, that'll just, so they only need to, okay. And who's actually, I better really put that out and make sure it's out and really stop that thing. Yeah, so there's more of us. And um, the thing is, you can actually, you can actually put out the Spirit's fire in your life. And Paul says this. He says, do not put out the Spirit's fire, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Don't treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good and avoid every kind of evil. And so we can put out the Spirit's fire because the Spirit fills us. He's wanting to do all sorts of stuff in our lives and use us. And actually, if we resist that or ignore that, then um, actually we're just putting out his fire. And so I want to encourage you to be people who don't uh, quench, who don't pour water on what God is going to do. Uh, you know, there's that phrase, isn't there? Oh, you've poured a big bucket of cold water on what I'm wanting to do, or it's demotivating. But we need to be people who don't quench, but seek to just be open to what God uh, is doing. Are you with me so far? And the final top tip right from uh, me this morning and I think this is really important, is we need to be people who don't grieve the Spirit. Quenching is like putting out. Grieving is about upsetting or offending the Holy Spirit. And they're quite different, but I want to just end with this idea of pe we mustn't be people who grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, the thing with the Spirit is you can't see him. Uh, he's often called the Holy Ghost, and we forget that he's actually a person. Uh, he's the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And actually, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. 
you can offend uh, the Holy Spirit. And the thing with the Spirit of God is that he's actually quite timid and uh, actually very gentle and uh, uh, often will just uh, be grieved and, and fly away. Let me try and illustrate this. In Scripture, one of the pictures of the Spirit is of a dove, isn't it? So Jesus' baptism, the dove lands on him and uh, anoints him with the Spirit. So I don't know whether you know much about birds. I don't know much about birds, but I was cycling along the other day doing my little um, uh, bike ride. I was praying for you all, actually. I often do that when I cycle my bike or go on a bike ride. Cycle my bike. That sounds a bit strange. Um, And uh, I went over a bridge. There were a whole load of pigeons. Uh, I just went over the river, over this railway bridge, and uh, there were a whole load of pigeons and uh, I thought, oh, they'll just all go away when I cycle near them. But they just stood there. <laughs> you know, pigeons. So I went right up to them, and they just didn't budge. And yet, a dove is a completely different bird. Doves actually uh, just fly away. They're very timid. They just go. And so this is the picture God gives us of the Holy Spirit Uh, far more timid and easily grieved. And how do you grieve the Spirit? Well, Paul says a number of things uh, in Ephesians 4, 30. He says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. So actually, there's a sense uh, that we can grieve the Spirit in a whole number of ways. If we're feeling bitter or angry, that can grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you ever feel bitter and angry? I do, I've got to be honest. Um, But we need to bring these things to God uh, in confession. Do you ever feel full of rage or, or speak badly of other people? Slander. Brawling is an interesting one. Uh, sort of aggression, Toby's smiling. And um, malice, are you ever malicious? In a nice Christian kind of way, it's possible to be malicious, isn't it? With a smile on your face. You know when people talk about other people in a really nice way, but you kind of know it's not nice, and you think, oh, that's actually not a compliment. Uh, that's, that's, an, uh, that's offensive. Uh, we can do that. And then also we can be really... Um, grieving the Holy Spirit when we're not kind to one another or compassionate to one another. Uh, Our husbands, our wives, if we're married, our flatmates, our friends, uh, the people we work with in our workplace, what are you like at work? You know, are you kind and compassionate? Uh, Here at St. Saviour's in your life group, you know, how's it going relationally? As a church, how's it going relationally? You see, um, these things grieve the Holy Spirit, this dove, this timid dove, when we... uh, carry these things uh, according to Paul here. So actually, lifestyle is really important. Choices are really important. Our morality is really, really important if we really want to be people um, of the Spirit.